You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn alongside Glenn West. Uh, it might look a little bit different, Glenn. That's because, hey, I'm officially down in Baton Rouge. We're here. I got the home office working. Um, yes, over my this shoulder, you're going to see a Georgia football. But, hey, it's signed by Vince Dooley. I think everyone can appreciate greatness, what it is. That's all it is. We're not bringing anything else over here. Um, I got a couple other stuff behind me that's really cool. But, Glenn... What's even better is what we're going to be talking about today, and that is the big news, obviously, LSU heading to Omaha after what was a kind of a crazy weekend, Glenn. I know you were in attendance. Uh, did you escape from the box um, on Saturday to go get food and come back? Like, what was your – we could do a whole podcast on what was your itinerary on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, look, crazy doesn't even begin to kind of describe it. I mean, it was really um, just a bizarre kind of day, the way it played out, I mean – they, they decide to to hold the game. I mean, we, we can go back even a little further. I mean, Jay Johnson said before this Super Regional started that they would not begin a game um, if they didn't have a window to play it and complete it. And so mm. taking that into consideration, you fast forward to to Saturday and uh, you arrive to this to the stadium at noon and there's you know blue skies and it's hot and it's humid and it's feels like it's 100 degrees outside feels like we're going to get some good baseball in um and you know the, the the weather you know the the weather experts are you know on the phone with 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 the NCAA and with Johnson and with the Kentucky head coach Nick Mangion uh I can't pronounce his last name uh but um he's uh yeah, I mean, look, it was a joint decision. I think it was something, you know, on Saturday everybody wants to know, oh man, did Johnson really kind of take over here and, you know, cause they didn't want to risk Paul Skeen's only throwing a couple innings. And um, it, it was ultimately from what I understand the NCAA's decision. So, um, you know, Johnson and, and of course the Kentucky coach could voice their opinions on whether or not they wanted this game to start uh, at two, but yeah, I mean, look, we, we turned it into a seven hour weather delay. Um, you know, we, uh, I, I stuck around for a little bit, um, went home, and uh, came back around 5.30 uh, or so. Uh, and, and then we got another alert saying that we were going to be in another delay. Uh, and then another delay. And finally, at around 9 o'clock, we got started. And Paul Skeens pitched a, a, another gem of a performance. The offense blasted six home runs uh, in a 14 nothing win. And you cap it off last night with probably one of the more electric environments that I've ever seen in, that, in, in Alex Box. It was certainly – Right up there, I think, with the Tennessee series earlier this year, you could certainly uh, call back a couple of super regionals as well, where um, the, the atmosphere was was pretty electric. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a great night. You know, you, you you got a chance to go on the field after the game and see all these players with their families and um, you know the, the coaching staff hugging one another. I mean, it was just you know it's 
11 months of hard work go into this. And so now you're, uh, you know, you, you, you get that one last, you know, win in Baton Rouge and now you're off to Omaha. And uh, I think this team's playing, we can get it. We're going to dive into more of this a little bit, but I think this team's playing at its peak right now. I think they've really hit a nice little groove here, a nice stride. I think they're probably one of the hottest teams in this tournament right now. Um, and yeah, I think it's, 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 it's going to be, uh, it's going to be very, very fun over the next several days. Glenn, one of the first things we did was hook the TV up um, and try to mirror something. We had to – the internet situation was a little finicky, but Tom Hart and Ben McDonald that called the weekend series alluded to this, uh, and I guess you didn't join them on the, what seemed to be the pilgrimage from the box over to walk-ons and back, uh, but that's okay. You, you, had to, you had to go home and, and do what you need to do during that long delay. But they mentioned – as we've talked about on the podcast, uh, many people have talked about over on the forums and, and our pages as well, the late season slide. And it was concerning. You and I both voiced the concerns, especially, you know, as recently as two weeks ago now, which feels like a month ago uh, in Hoover. I mean, you know, the, what was the pitching going to be like? Even that last weekend series against Georgia where we knew that this team was going to be carried by the offense, but could the pitching come up big? Um, look, none bigger than Paul Skeens. Talk about his performance on Saturday. You mentioned uh, a, the, the raucous crowds on both days. Uh, but the opportunity for him to pitch for the last time in an LSU uniform at Alex Box, uh, man, what did he have to say about that post game? I know he mentioned. And then just, I mean, did you ever just take a step and look around and say, man, this is we're watching greatness right here uh, for the final time? Yeah, he was fantastic. I mean, I think, you know, you, you certainly highlighted there a little bit that you know, three or four weeks ago, this pitching staff was not in a very good spot. Um, you know, there, there really wasn't anybody outside of Paul Skeens and Ty Floyd that I think you could certainly rely on. Um, but I, I think, look, the, the, the seven and two-thirds that Paul Skeens gave you on Saturday really set you up nicely for the rest of the weekend. Um, it, it really – um, you know, really the last two weeks in terms of his postseason plays has has helped LSU's pitching staff uh, for the rest of the weekend because he went a full game against Tulane last weekend, so you're able to save the entire bullpen. Uh, and then he goes seven and two-thirds uh, on, on Saturday against Kentucky uh, in a very high-intensity game, especially to start. You know, he was, he was pumping 101, 102 for most of the, uh, for most of the outing there and uh, really just kind of uh, – just suffocated the Kentucky offense. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. He, he, he clamped them down pretty hard. Um, and, you know, after the game, you know, Kentucky was one of the teams earlier this year that had, you know, hit a little bit off the of schemes. They had found a little bit of a uh, success against him in, in one of his outings earlier this year. And, you know, one of the questions posed to uh, the Kentucky head coach was, you know, after the game, you know, what, what did he do this to go around to make him successful? Um and his his response was, well, he was throwing 102 in the seventh inning, and he threw more off-speed pitches than fastballs. And he said, let that sink in, that he threw more off-speed pitches than fastballs, and he was throwing fastballs at 102 miles an hour. So, I mean, the, the hitters just had no shot. I mean, they just couldn't catch up to the fastball. Uh, he was locating his changeup and his slider extremely well. Um, and, and, and he just delivered another exquisite performance, and – was kind of able to take it easy on Sunday. I got a chance to go up and talk to him a little bit after the, the game on the field. And, um, you know, he's he was probably the one player that didn't that – I, I talked to probably seven or eight of them. He was probably the one player who just said, we've only got – we've got five more games to win. You know, he was mm. 
already locked in on Omaha, already laser focused on what that first game is going to be. Um, and, you know, he, he, he didn't even really want to take the time to, to kind of take in that moment. I mean, he was deadpan serious in the question that I asked him. And so, uh, yeah, just, just really, um, you know, speaks to his you know leadership speaks to just what the the impact that he's had in a very short amount of time here uh but he's really helped the pitching staff these last two weeks with by going deeper into these games one thing that i've wondered glenn too and, and we've seen throughout the season is when would the other guys start to feed off the confidence we've talked with them uh and, and mentioned you know other guys in the staff say hey look it means a lot to know going back to the regular season on a Friday night, you know you're going to get this. How do we feed off that on Saturday and Sunday? Um, I believe, I don't have the box score in front of me, but I think it was before the final out, and I know it was a ground out to Tommy White on Sunday. Uh, 11 punch outs, I believe, by the LSU staff on Sunday. So, Glenn, when we talk about this, I mean, double-digit punch outs from a staff that three weeks ago we had a lot of questions about, and now – whether it was due to injury, whether it's guys finding that role. I mean, look, uh, they talked about the broadcast last night that Jay Johnson had said, you know, he really likes uh, Thatcher Hurd kind of in that closer role. Gavin Guidry is really coming to his own. It's kind of hard to believe that he wasn't a part of the plans at one time. So when you see this staff, the way they're shaping up, kind of talk about the performance on Sunday from these other guys. Ty Floyd obviously, you know, gave up some big flies, but it's, it is a good Kentucky team. We need to remember that, that it's a Kentucky team that can hit the ball and hit the ball with authority. But talk about the rest of the guys. I mean, after yeah. Skeens, do you feel more confident? Oh, I feel a lot more confident. And, and I think probably the one thing that, you know, you can say – about this uh, this postseason is that LSU hasn't had to go deep into their bullpen. Um, they've done a really nice job, I think, over the the three games in the regional uh, and, the, and the two games here in the Super Regional of really finding six or seven guys they feel like they can really count on in, in Omaha. And so those are probably going to be the first names that you see coming out in this first couple games. Um, but, look, I think the, the biggest reason that LSU has won that game last night and is – on their way to Omaha, um, it is the bullpen. Riley Cooper mm. and Gavin Guidry were phenomenal in relief uh, of Ty Floyd. And, and, you know, Floyd, the one thing I'll say about Floyd is he gave up a few home runs. The, the, you know, the off speed was not uh, very controlled last night, uh, but he competes. I mean, he, he really – it took him, I think, 70-something pitches to get through three innings. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he uh, – it, it, it was just not – he just didn't have his best stuff, but he consistently got himself out of bad, uh, you know, bad situations. He left two runners in scoring position in the first inning. He left two on in the third. Um, you know, he, he it could have ballooned on him a little bit, but he didn't let it. Uh, he didn't let those home runs uh, get to him, and uh, thought he competed really well. Um, but Riley Cooper and Gavin Guidry were the story to me. Uh, those two were were phenomenal. You mentioned the eleven strikeouts, but. Um, they only had two walks and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, as well as anybody like, you know, this, this pitching staff has struggled with free passes yeah. this year. Um, and the fact that they were able to, uh, you know, in Cooper and Guidry's case combined for six of those strikeouts, not allow an, a run over the final, you know, s- almost six innings, five and two thirds innings. They did not allow a single run. Um, that was huge. Uh, they, they were absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, Jay Johnson was asked after the game about about Gavin Guidry, and we'd heard this story earlier this week. But you know, when when the news about Wes Johnson broke after the regional, 
one of the first people in Jay Johnson's office was was Gidry, the freshman, and he walked in and he told Johnson, "Look, I don't care who's calling the pitches. I'm going to strike these dudes out no matter what." And so uh, th- this dude is is just different. He he's you know got that in, insane mentality that that just makes you want in a closer. I mean, he's going to be the closer for this team in Omaha. Um, he got the final ten outs and struck out four of the four of the guys that he faced. Um, and, and he was just great. I, I think he did a really nice job. Um, and, and I think the, the bullpen was a big reason why, uh, LSU was, was able to, to, to get this win because, you know, the offense was got off to a really nice start, but kind of hit a little bit of a lull there in the middle of the game. They went five innings without scoring Mason Moore, the Kentucky, uh, relief pitcher did a nice job of, of limiting the damage for LSU and, um, kept Kentucky in this game for most of the the back half, but um, what, what Cooper and Gidry did, not allowing them to score for the final five innings, um, what was was really impressive, and I think a big reason why LSU's advancing here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and you mentioned the work of Moore. I was paying attention to a couple of the Kentucky reporters as well, and they said that's a guy who, you know, over his last couple of appearances is making a case for to be their Friday night starter going into the next season. So hats off to him. But, uh, look, they couldn't have done it without the bats, Glenn. And as I was watching the game and catching up on parts that I had missed as we were moving in, um, going through the box score, and you're just seeing guys just contribute from everywhere in the lineup. It's something we saw early in the season, maybe against some lesser competition. Um, it still happened, maybe not as a high clip against SEC-type talent. But, man, I mean, who stood out to you? I'll, I'll, give, I'll give mine, and you may have the same. Trey Morgan was just impressive, his yeah. ability and his mindset. I mean, look, we talk so many times when we talk baseball, and obviously you've covered it, and I have as well. When you see a guy that is trying to shoot the ball to left center field, and that's his mentality – uh, he's going to do a lot of other great things. And that kind of seemed like that was his mentality. Now, that last at-bat, that was filthy. The guy, the guy throwing against him was literally throwing from behind him, it felt like, uh, that yeah. lefty on lefty. But Morgan coming into his own. Obviously, Dylan Cruz with a dagger there uh, at the end of the game. Uh, Gavin yeah. Dugas starting to pick it back up. Obviously, Travinsky. I mean, Beloso's home run, which was yeah. just uh, got out of there quickly. I mean, this lineup, we know what it does. Uh, and they're peaking at the right time. I mean, look, it's a great time to be hitting the ball, and it's also they're feeding off one another. It's contagious, and you can tell. Yeah, I mean, you, you summed it up pretty well there. I mean, I thought that uh, Trey Morgan was probably, if there was an MVP of the Super Regional, he would have been the MVP. Uh, he really got LSU's offense off to a, 
fantastic start on Saturday. He had four hits, two home runs. Um, you know, Tommy White seemed to find himself mm-hmm. uh, in that first game as well. He had a couple home runs and, uh, you know, really those two, I think, set the tone for the rest of the weekend in terms of the the, the power and the just the consistency that they showed at the plate for for most of the for most of the weekend um i mean dylan cruz had i think six at bats he drew four walks uh in in this in this game and he had three (laughs) rbis and and, you know he only had one hit on those three rbis like he was very very efficient and kentucky was not uh going to let him or they didn't want him to to be the one that got that final uh, that final hit, uh, you know, that they, they kind of gave LSU the separation they needed. Um, but th- but they, their game plan going in was not to give Cruz much to, to, to swing at. Uh, I thought he was very disciplined in his at-bats, and he just kind of waited for that opportunity, waited for his moment uh, to come, and it and it came in the ninth. And I, I'll never understand why you pitched to Dylan Cruz with two <laughs> two runners in scoring position um, with, with, with one out in the ninth. I mean, I th- or maybe it was two outs in the ninth. I can't quite remember, but – I think it was two outs, actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he, you just knew that he, if he was going to get a pitch over the plate, he was going to connect on it, and he was going to you know, give LSU that kind of separation that they needed. So that was really good to see. Um, but you know, I, I think Cade Beloso's home run, um, you know, on the, in the second inning there or third inning, um, was was really the tone setter for for Sunday's game. Um, really, just did a phenomenal job of, of, of teeing that one up and um he had struggled a little bit you know in the first game and um you know he only had one hit I mean his home run was the only hit of, of the weekend so um but it was you know the most timely hit it was the most you know, it's something you want to see out of these veterans and um I, I just come back to um what what where this team would be if Boloso and, and Travinsky hadn't decided to come back because yeah. those were real conversations last year after their seasons ended prematurely with injuries, um, it was it was really a, a concern or, or a, a, just a, a thought that they had if, if they were even going to come back this year and play. Uh, and they've turned into LSU's uh, two of their most clutch hitters and uh, certainly delivered in big ways in the postseason so far. Um, so I, 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 you know, one through nine, I think this lineup is peaking at the right time. It's one of the questions that I had for for players and for for coach johnson after the game uh i think they feel like they're they're hitting a a stride that they haven't hit all year and i think that's a really really good sign here as you head to omaha it's a good sign it was a great final weekend at alex box and now you get to go to omaha uh glenn where all eyes are going to be today on the game between southern miss and tennessee uh, tempers have already flared in that game i don't know how much you've seen of the back and forth between those two teams this game will obviously the winner of this game LSU will play in that first round matchup. Uh, I don't think it matters necessarily who you play, Glenn, in, in Omaha because look, every team has earned the right to be there. Like whoever plays Oral Roberts, which hats off to Oral Roberts. I mean that is a fantastic run as a four seed uh, to be able to make it to Omaha. Everyone's good, but shaping up and as we get closer to uh, getting to Omaha, we're going to do some previews on the site, but just. Talk about peaking at the right time, and in your opinion, I mean, do you think right now it matters who LSU plays, whether it's Southern Miss or Tennessee, or when they get to places? I mean, I feel like maybe they match up right now as they're playing their best ball against anybody in the country, and that's what a lot of people thought when they were ranked first for 11 straight weeks. Yeah, so I do think that 
Um, the only reason I'll say that maybe it doesn't matter is because right now, if you had to uh, you know, pencil in a, a starter for that first game, I think you're picking Paul Skeens to get you off to a good start in game one mm-hmm. uh, in Omaha. And I, I think he can pretty much demolish any lineup in, in college baseball. I mean, yeah. he's a yeah. he's an MLB level pitcher that's pitching college baseball right now. So whatever game that they decide to throw him in, whether it's the first or the second game, um, I, I think that he's going to be able to limit whatever the opposing offense can do. Um, so, you know, I, I think probably the more interesting story here is that, um, you know, LSU will be playing either Tennessee or Southern Miss, and those are the two teams that have knocked them out of the tournament the last two years. So, um, you know, Tennessee got them in 21, and uh, Southern Miss got them last year in their own regional. So um, it, it's going to be – um, you know, I think there's there's certainly some players who were on both of those teams that will remember that and um, maybe just use that as extra motivation. And I, I think the, the 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 real interesting piece here is going to be whether or not they pitch Skeens in the first game or if they save him for later in the tournament. I I would lean towards them pitching him early just because if they pitch him early and they do what they want to do in this tournament, that they'll be able to use him again later. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, in one of the, the, the final games, if they're able to get there. Um, so, you know, I, I would probably say that that's the, the structure. That's, that's probably what, what Jay Johnson's thinking here on Monday morning. I mean, he's still waiting to see, I mean, he, he told us last night, like he wanted his team to enjoy this for, for the night, but they were getting back up to work on Monday and they were going to be, you know, full throttle on who they were playing, what the matchups look like, what the, uh, what the weather conditions look like for for the early part of the Omaha trip, and so uh, yeah, I think they 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 are all in now on this on this thing, and they they want you know now that they're here, they want to win it, and, and they, I think they have as good a chance as any with uh, the way that these guys are playing complimentary baseball. I mean they they did, I don't think they committed an error. Maybe I was wrong. Uh, let's see. Let's go back here real quick. Okay, they committed one error on uh, Saturday night. They didn't commit any errors last night. They played really good defensive baseball mm-hmm. this last weekend uh, against a team in Kentucky that you had to absolutely play elite defensive yeah. baseball. I mean, that Jordan Thompson throw, oh, I don't man. know if you had a chance to see the highlight of that. but What was better, one... Thompson's throw or Morgan's stretch? I mean, it's – Yeah, it, it was up there. I mean, like – I mean, I, I'll probably lean the Thompson throw just because <laughs> – prime Derek Jeter would have a hard time making yeah. that play. I mean, it, it was insane that he was able to contort his body like that and really deliver a, a pitch perfect throw. Um, but yeah, it, it was, you know, they, they played really great defense. Obviously the pitching staff did what it was supposed to do. The offense scoring 22 runs um, in, in the, in the, in the, in the two games uh, combined was, was really uh, important. And I think this is a team that's playing with a lot of confidence and a lot of momentum, uh, which is really uh, what you want to see at this time of year because there are a lot of teams that are going to be in this tournament that are exactly like LSU that are playing some of their best ball. Um, Wake Forest certainly seems like a a, a formidable yeah. foe. I mean, they're going to be really tough out. Uh, I think whether it's Tennessee or Southern Miss, they're going to be a really tough out in that first game. So um, the fact that LSU is playing some of its best ball right now uh, I think is really – um, important and and I think a lot of those players feel that their their confidence and the momentum that they've built here in the first two weeks of the postseason is really going to help uh, you know carry them forward here in in uh, in Omaha. 
couple numbers for you. You talked about the Wake Forest team. They've outscored opponents in regional and post in super regional play 72, I believe 72 to 19 or 72 to 15, wow. something like that. I mean, it's an offense wow. that can do some damage out of the ACC. And then specifically for LSU, a plus 19 run differential in the super regional, which I think if you'd have told me they're going to have plus 19, I said they would have had to play three games. Yeah. Uh, but no, just two games. And look, it, it was a fun weekend, obviously, to see LSU. And uh, Glenn, you know, as we wrap this up, uh, another great season at Alex Box. Uh, talk about the atmosphere. I mean, for the fans that stayed on Saturday and came back, I mean, I mentioned earlier the pilgrimage to walk-ons and the people making their way back. I, I saw some videos on social media about it. It was awesome. And then Sunday. I mean, this is a passionate fan base uh, the students, Jay Johnson, I believe that Jay Johnson was like paying for the students' tickets yeah. as well for them yeah. to come back. So, I mean, talk about the atmosphere for the last two games and how much do you think, guys, we talked about Skeens earlier, but Trey Morgan, uh, Dylan Cruz appreciated. And uh, how much do you think that helped this LSU team during, uh, you know, regional and now super regional wins? Yeah, so on uh, on Saturday during the broadcast, Jay Johnson uh, gave a really <laughs> a really funny quote where uh, it wasn't meant to be funny in the slightest, but it was just very amusing that, look, if there's a transfer portal player out there, if there's a high school recruit watching this game, um, there is no better place to be in, in the postseason than LSU because of the atmosphere that we have here um, and, and, and the kind of players that we have uh, coming in and out of the program every year. I mean, he, he was making a little public service announcement there for for the for the football for the baseball program um, on national television. It was really funny, um, but you know, it, it, and also just it points to the fact that this is this is a really unique place in terms of college mm-hmm. baseball. I mean, they what Skip Bertman built here in the '90s, uh, what Paul Maneri was able to carry through for most of the 2000s and uh, and 2010s. Um, you know, they 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 set you know, a standard here and, and Jay Johnson was expected to, to be in this spot very early in his tenure here uh, and did, a, has done a really nice job, I think, of bringing in the talent um, and, and doing this uh, the right way. Um, but the, the, look, for the players, this was, this was three years coming for that core group of Dylan Cruz, Trey Morgan, Jordan Thompson, Ty Floyd, um, Gavin Dugas, who's been here for five years, uh, he's been a part of a, a super regional team. Uh, Beloso was a part of a super regional team that they lost. Uh, so being able to, I think, have some, uh, you know, s- s- some gratification with winning this one at home and, and, and actually getting to Omaha and punching that ticket this time, uh, I think, you know, that it's a giant weight lifted off these players' shoulders. They were ecstatic. I mean, pretty much every player after the game, uh, told me it was like one of the best moments of their life, just being in that you know environment with their families and with their teammates and with the fans. Um, it was electric. And, and, you know, the, the crews at bat there in the ninth inning, it was probably as loud as I've ever heard it. Alex box. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my ears were ringing a little bit there. Um, certainly when they got the final out there uh, w- was really a, a special moment. You saw Jay Johnson hugging a bunch of coaches and players and they were lifting them up in the air and, dousing him in Powerade and water and uh yeah I mean it was just a really special kind of you know hour to hour and a half you know after the game and um you know uh, the, the, the these players have worked hard for it Trey Morgan turned turned to me and uh, I got a nice little quote from him we earned this is what he said you know we we mm-hmm. we, we didn't want to leave this up to chance we wanted to come out here and and really dominate this weekend um 
and, and and they they certainly did that, you know, with the 19 run differential. I think you just mentioned there. So, uh, yeah, look, it was a great weekend. Uh, it was a great way to kind of finish things off this season at Alex Box. But they also know that there's bigger fish to fry uh, in the College World Series, and they're going in with that mindset that that, that they want to win this thing. I absolutely love it and, and love that quote that you also got from Skeens talking about, hey, this is awesome. This is great, but there's five more games, and it's going to be fun. You, you punch your ticket, anything can happen, uh, Glenn, and uh, I know that you're excited to get up to Omaha as well and uh, and see what this team can do. It's going to be a fun time, but we're going to talk more about that once we know LSU's opponent, kind of maybe a preview podcast before Glenn gets into the thick of things up in Omaha talking about all things LSU baseball, but hey, we're going to have great coverage all week. Glenn's got some great content coming out. We're going to have a highlights piece right here on the YouTube channel as well that you're going to check out. Some of the sights and sounds uh, after LSU clinched uh, a super regional, an emotional win, an emotional day uh, on the campus of LSU. But, hey, thanks so much for tuning in. This has been the Go 24-7 Podcast. For Glenn West, my name is Bryce Kuhn. We will see you next time. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify, make sure that uh, you follow, like, and subscribe. And we want to see you on the forums as well, talking all things LSU. We'll see you next time.